As I begin to uh, introduce my message here tonight, I would like to ask for you to turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. It'll be the first place where where it'll be the first passage in which we read. I have three main passages for the service tonight. And um, I'd like to start by thanking all of you for once again allowing me to do this. It's very rare for someone of my age and my experience to be able to stand up here and to have the wonderful opportunity to uh, to preach, or not preach, I apologize, teach God's word. <laughs> um, that being said, while I do uh, enjoy all of your company, this message is rather targeted in its uh, audience. Um, I have noticed certain things over the past several months, and certain things have... Uh, <clears throat> have um, <clears throat> bothered me, um, so that, that's 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 the main um, main draw I have uh, on the service tonight. Um, <clears throat> winter retreat is kind of where the sentiment started for me. Um, I hear a lot about uh, you know telling certain people that don't believe what you do uh, how, how to approach them. And uh, in all of our conversations about that, I kind of get this very antagonistic as an us versus them uh, when it comes to the Christian versus the world. And that sentiment in, in and of itself uh, really bothers me and to the point where I think it should be addressed. <coughs> so all of that is to say that this message is rather targeted in its audience. And so if uh, you don't feel like you get as much out of this as uh, you would say an ordinary service, I do apologize, but this has a certain group of people that I would like to address. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3, um, my main passage for this first portion, is cha- uh, verse 1 through 28, but for sake of time and for sake of clarity, I will not be reading 28 verses, uh, though I do um, encourage all of you to do, the, to do so after, afterwards. But in verse 3, for, uh, we see Paul uh, addressing the Jews, he, he's This whole letter is addressing the Romans, which are Gentiles, but he's talking about the Jews and how they've had access to God's word at first. And uh, in some ways, that could be uh, to say that the Jews are superior to the Gentiles. But these people that were um, exposed to God's word, uh, they didn't all believe. And Paul says, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief, unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Not everyone who hears the word of God is, is going to uh, be persuaded enough to, to act on it. And uh, that, that's something that we need to keep in mind whenever we talk to people. We don't want to be so dogmatic in all of our, uh, in all of our discussions with people from the world that uh, we forget that they don't have to believe what we do. And as much as we want them to and as much as you know, God commands us to tell the world, he tells us just that. He tells us to tell the world and not to save the world because we can't do that and only he can and so whenever, whenever we approach anyone who is not of the same faith, of the same belief, or really anything, we don't want to have our main focus on persuading them that they're wrong, because that, that just won't work, and that, that's how you turn someone off to the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> Verses 9 through 11 say, What then? Are we better than they? Are we better than those people who had access to the gospel and didn't believe No, in no wise, for we have both proved before Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. All of us started in this condition. There is uh, 
clearly no room for exception here. It says, uh, there are none righteous. Um, there are none that seeketh God. And so that would uh, uh, clearly indicate that we are part of that group as well. And so to, to speak to others with some kind of sense of su- superiority to them, uh, it just, it's, it's not right because we all um, are given the same opportunity under the same condition. Verses 22 through 28 say, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all that, that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Once again, all um, is, is the emphasis here, and that there's no one that is, uh, that is beyond this description here. Everyone has sinned, and we all started in the exact same condition. <clears throat> 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Here's the sticking point. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By no means have we uh, a right, uh, an ability, or even a privilege to say that we're better than anyone else. It is excluded because we are all under sin. Boasting in any capacity cannot be, uh, cannot be justified. It can't be, um, it can't be, it can't be allowed, really. <clears throat> Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And this is what this church as a whole believes. We believe that there is no impact that work has when it comes to salvation. And so as we are all on this basis, and that we all start on this basis, and that salvation is the same for everyone, the fact that you believed in the gospel earlier than anyone else doesn't make you better than those people. They have the same message. They, They might just need more time to think about it. They might just need more persuading, not by you, but by the Holy Spirit. And they might need more information, which is what we are here for. We are here to tell the world, not to save the world. To our main text, please turn to John chapter 13. And we will be reading uh, verses 15 through 17. This passage describes uh, Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And in this, uh, he went and above and beyond to illustrate his point by uh, taking off his garments and girding himself only in a towel, which is to make himself the lowest that a servant can possibly go, and that he is only uh, clothed for one purpose. He is only suited for one purpose in this instance. By uh, taking off his other garments, he's, he's illustrating that this is his purpose, is to serve others, and he extends an invitation for us to do the same. <clears throat> Verse 15 Uh, says, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, (coughs) happy are ye if you do them. What stuck with me uh, in verse 15 is that Christ said that you should do as I have done to you. Aren't you glad that he didn't say, do what I have done? He says, do as I have done. If he would have told the disciples to do what, he, what Jesus himself did, Jesus would be asking for the impossible. Because what can we do to even mimic the likeness of Christ? But instead, 
God commands us to do as he has done. And how has he done what he has done? Well, if you look in the previous verses, you'll see that uh, Christ took the ultimate spirit of humility by, once again, girding himself with only a towel. And he, um, he went into great detail in terms, of, um, uh, in terms of washing the disciples' feet, washing his own servants' feet as the master. And if we want to acknowledge God's superiority in our life, we should do what Jesus had done when he was superior to his followers, and that is serve. I would also like to point to your attention that uh, <clears throat> Judas Iscariot wasn't dismissed until after this was given, and, um, and Jesus said that he wanted the, the, the disciples to serve others, to serve th- those within the room. And Judas Iscariot, being the one who betrayed Christ, um, is, is the world. He's a picture of the world. And so, in effect, Jesus is saying that I want you to do as I've done, not only to the church, not to those of like faith, but to those that hate me, that are willing to betray me for 30 pieces of silver, for those that have hear, heard all, all I have done, and have still not believed. Judas Iscariot is in a sad state. He has, he's heard all the miraculous things and seen all of the miraculous things, and yet nothing has moved him. So should we, should we leave him to the wayside? Should we leave people like him who declare that they hate Christ? Should we leave them on their own? No. What we should do is we should make a difference by serving. This world is very self-centered. Would you agree? This world um, pledges self-love and um, emphasis on, uh, on focusing on yourself and taking time to yourself. But if we want to make a difference and we want to show that what God does actually makes a difference, we can't do that. We can't focus on ourselves because that's not what Christ himself did. Other religions have various figureheads that focused on themselves. They, uh, they hearkened their disciples to look back at their teachings. But Jesus said that his teachings were the teachings of the Father, of those that sent him. He didn't even take credit. He said that he is doing the Father's work and he pointed everything that he did to God himself. Not some manly uh, representation of God, not the Pope or uh, any, any other figure that, that could be claimed to be some form of uh, intermediate between God and man. He pointed to God himself, and that is what makes this message different. It's not, it's not false. It's not coming from the words of man, but it's coming from the words of God himself. <clears throat> so if we are going to follow Jesus' uh, command to do as he has done, we ought to strip down everything that, that we build up. Like I said, Jesus took off his garments, and I'm, I'm making that a point of emphasis because he, he, uh, he, the only thing he girded himself with is uh, the purpose of the servant. <clears throat> he didn't have uh, any identity, if you would. He didn't have his typical clothing on that, uh, that you would recognize him by. <clears throat> he, only, uh, he only wore what he needed to do, or he only wore what he needed to wear to do the job that he had come to do in this, uh, in this room, which is wash the feet of his disciples. In that same mind, we are to approach the world not as an individual person, but as a servant to them so that we can show them God's love and, and what difference God makes in our lives. <clears throat> Humble attitudes aren't just towards saved people, as I mentioned with uh, Judas Iscariot being dismissed after we ought to serve the lost and not just people that we admire or people that we share uh, qualities with. This isn't, this isn't a bias towards any one person. 
As uh, Paul said in our original text, uh, we aren't better than the Jews, and the Jews had no real had no real superiority over the Gentiles, and we can't claim the same uh, to the people of the world just because we believe the truth. If we do believe the truth and other people believe lies, that should be uh, all the more reason to go about uh, making, making them know that they are believing lies. Because everything, everything that a person believes, they believe because they've seen some kind of evidence. If you look at, um, if you look at various science theories today, that we can't say that they have no evidence. They've put together very uh, methodical theories and very detailed theories and uh, they've, they've pointed to real-life evidence that they have. And they believe something very much different um, about that. And we can't change that unless we are different. And we say, okay, well, the information that I believe and the, and the thing that I've put my faith in, the thing that I've dedicated my life to, as opposed to your science or as opposed to your religion, makes a difference. I am no longer concerned about what I am doing for myself or I'm no, no longer concerned about my health or what, what I do or what I have, but I'm concerned about what others have and what others do and what they believe. <clears throat> if we believe the truth, like we say we do, then we ought to want to spread the truth. We ought to uh, want to do that in any way possible. We don't want to spread our own ideas or our own, uh, our, our own fallacies about what, whatever we think about the world when we know it's not grounded in the truth. We want to spread what God has to say because God has to say the truth. And we can't prove what man says. We can't, we, we, there's, no, there's no substance behind it. There's evidence, but there's no, the same things that science might use to say, okay, there's no God. We, we might say there is one. <clears throat> and that belief should drive a di- difference. Some kind of difference to say that, okay, our information is different than yours, but it it's different in a, in a good way. <laughs> it's different in a way that, that moves me to action. And it's, it's not just me trying to desperately, desperately prove why I, why I believe what I do, but it's me trying to extend what I believe to you because I believe it's the truth. It seems as a lot of people are very defensive when it comes to talking about their beliefs. If you say anything even remotely contrary, they, they, they get really walled up and they get offended. If somebody says something contrary to our beliefs, we can't do that because then our belief is so similar to the world. It's so similar to any of man's beliefs that we just get really offended. Yes, we're sad that they, uh, they, they, they don't acknowledge the truth or they're in denial of some kind of the truth. But God gave us a choice to, uh, to believe the gospel and I believe we ought to extend the same to other people. There's a passage in one of the Gospels that says, uh, not every man that says, Lord, Lord, will uh, be accepted into the kingdom of God. And uh, the, these people have brought up various actions that they have done, and they've brought up uh, you know, various things that they believe are worthy to get into heaven, or to, uh, to impress Christ, if you will. But uh, they, they were doing it for the wrong reason, and uh, they had the wrong motive, and they had the wrong way of doing things. They didn't do uh, what they attributed to God uh, for God, but they did it for, say, self-glory or to, to get them into heaven in any way. It's very self-centered. This is to say that a motive <coughs> which drives demeanor and determines worth is very important. Uh, we can't just do something and then it immediately becomes valuable because if we, 
do something but have, say, selfish motives or have uh, ill intent, then that, that thing is worth nothing. Uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is all about uh, how anything without the quality of love is, is worthless. And uh, what, what love does is it serves other people. So in, in a manner of speaking, uh, what we do without an attitude of service can be declared as worthless. We can do all of the right things and say all of the right words, but if we don't have, we don't have a clear mind and we don't have a focus on love and a focus on the things of God, then uh, the, those very things that we attribute as good are corrupt in themselves. <clears throat> to serve God, we must serve others. Uh, to demonstrate uh, God's service towards us, Jesus himself served his disciples he lowered himself even below the standards, or not standards, but the, the, the standings of, um, of his own followers, of the people that in any other circumstance would be considered lower than he was. And he, as the master, lowered himself below the servant to serve them. And if we consider ourselves, as we should, um, on equal planes to, uh, to others uh, in the world, then we ought to lower ourselves even more than God, who was the superior of of his disciples lowered um, to clean their feet. We ought, to, uh, we, ought, we ought to live life in a spirit of humility because that's what God did. <clears throat> Whenever God approached the, disciple, or the, uh, the Pharisees to tell them about what they were doing wrong, um, he didn't go up to them looking for a fight. Rather, the, the Pharisees kind of came up to him looking for a fight. They, uh, they wanted to prove him wrong in every aspect. And whenever we, live, whenever we live differently, we'll have those interactions. We won't uh, be searching out for some kind of argument or some kind of uh, verbal debate. But instead, we will be approached by other people. If we're serving other people instead of serving ourselves, we create such a difference that people have to ask. And once people ask, then you can tell them the truth. And then you have to just leave it there. You, you, can't, you can't convince someone that, uh, that they're going to hell if they don't believe there's a hell. You can't convince someone that uh, there's a God when they don't believe a God. You can give out all the various evidence uh, and all of, all of what the scriptures say and all of your beliefs, but that doesn't change what other people believe. The Holy Spirit convicts people, and we can't. And we, we have to acknowledge that and continue serving people in the efforts that, okay, they'll eventually see a difference in our lives. And they'll eventually realize that what they're doing doesn't create some kind of uh, joy, some kind of passion to serve other people. And people in the world have recognized that uh, doing things for other people, it feels right. There's just something weird about uh, giving to, say, charity once in your life. And it makes you feel so warm inside. And then they never do it again, and they feel cold inside because they turn to themselves and serve themselves. (laughs) But if you're doing that all the time, you're not even caring about yourself, and yet you're still to their eyes, the happiest person on earth, they'll have to ask. I've been asked by several people in my school, uh, you know, why I'm, why I'm the way I am. You know, <clears throat> my freshman year, uh, a lot of people were kind of dealing with a state of depression or a state of sadness, and uh, I said, you know, I'm fine. And whenever we checked in with each other, you know, I'm, I'm doing really well. And eventually they had to ask, and I got to say, okay, well, uh, I have my faith in God, and... Uh, he has control over my life, and you know, as a Christian, I believe that everything he does is right, so I have no reason to complain. 
And in being that person who is uh, so contrary to the world in both demeanor and action, uh, someone will have to ask. And if they won't, God will give you credit for it either way. And isn't that all that matters? For a final bit of text, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, And I would like to read verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. This is Paul speaking uh, to the church of Corinth. And uh, he's saying that in in no way is he in bondage. Uh, The words servant and... uh, and slave can be used interchangeably uh, sometimes, especially like if it's indentured servitude. But to be a servant is to subject yourself, say, to the authority of another person. <clears throat> and if we are going to serve other people, even though that we are free, even though that we have our own free will, um, we should still choose to serve other people because that difference, uh, like I said earlier, drives people to ask, um, Paul made a personal resolution to uh, to serve other people, despite the fact that he was in no commitment to other people's work. He declares a personal personal choice and says that we must choose for ourselves to serve other people. And mind you, that serving other people is serving God. <clears throat> we must choose for ourselves uh, without respect to, to the choices of others. We can't rely on the choices of friends or family or uh, close companions, we have to choose for ourselves. People have a choice to accept God, as I've said a couple times. You can't, you don't want to give up on these people, on the people that uh, don't believe what we do, but you can't force their mind. Service creates that difference. In a self-centered world, choosing to focus on others will get their attention. Nobody spends all of their time on other people, and uh, you, you, you will be that difference that forces people to ask. To illustrate this, um, if I may, I wrote a poem that I would like to read, and I titled it Service. Service, O Lord, is my great aspiration, not the quelling of war, the quenching of strife, the questioning of intellect, or the quiet life of solitude. For you, O Lord, though deserving much more, subjective yourself to such a purpose, to heal the blind, to teach the lost, to build up the fallen, to reach out to the lonely, to die for wretched humanity. So shall I strive to be, Lord, not just a bystander to others' works, but the hardest worker for the least benefits. Should all the world turn against me, service will still be required, and so service is my desire. All of this is to say that our attitude towards the people of this world and the people of differing beliefs needs to change. There needs to be some kind of uh, some kind of repentance towards God to say that, look, Lord, I'm not serving people like you asked me to. I'm serving myself. <clears throat> I'm focusing on myself while uh, while say the gospel is being preached. I'm focusing on myself while people are trying to help me. I'm focusing on myself instead of focusing on that one person who's lost everything in their life, and I have the very hope that they need to move on. 
I have the very message that could help them restore their life. Well, help God restore their life. I apologize. <clears throat> if we believe the truth, we can't just stand by until other people believe it. If we believe the truth, that ought to motivate us to some action towards other people so that they see a difference. They see the truth in our life. <clears throat> if God served sinful man, we must do the same. We must be a servant to all. Paul declared that he, was, he, he, he changed so that he would, uh, he would be able to reach various people. He, he didn't boast in himself and try to relate himself to other people. He, he changed his very nature so that he could reach other people. He became a Jew so he could reach the Jews. He, uh, he followed the law so that he could teach those who were under the law. He, <clears throat> he teach those who were without the law by giving them the law of God. He became weak to reach the weak. Some of these things aren't exactly things that we want to do. We don't want to be weak in ourselves just so we can relate to somebody else who's weak. But in doing so, such a difference will, will impact, uh, impact someone's life more than we will ever know. <clears throat> so, in conclusion, if salvation is offered to all and all the same, to every sinful man in, a, in one way, which is faith in Christ, and God served sinful man, if we believe what God t- taught and we declare ourselves as Christians, then we must choose to do the same and can't rely on somebody else's choice. Thank you. with my wife earlier uh, about when we see others uh, out in the world we can we can bash that Bible over their heads uh, and spout all kinds of scripture at them but like he talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 13 if it doesn't come with love and speaking the truth in love it's going to be like brass symbols just nothing but noise so you may actually end up hindering uh the furtherance of the kingdom, uh, rather than helping. Uh, so let you know, let that let that be a, a lesson to you. Um, and I think what we're we're we want to keep everybody once once we eat and then you know 